Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. Hey, I'm Tito Jeff Fedoff. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, this is Sports Media. This is the Jeff Fedoff Show. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Fit Happens, which, by the way, I recently found out my daughter thinks it's hysterical because she thinks it should be something different with an S at the start of it, but that's okay. We're going to move on from here. Uh, we have a huge show for you lined up. Today. Lots to talk about. Um, we've got uh, a great conversation with a couple of uh, media legends. Uh, Roger Goodell talking about flexing NFL games on Thursday. More evidence that the Packers and Rogers relationship is complete toast. Uh, will an NFL team be sold soon? Women's Final Four is set. We'll talk about the MLB is back, question mark. Um, and we'll do sports history at the end of the show. Also, I want to talk about some days of sports history. Make you a smarter sports fan um, when it's all said and done, and you can listen to that as well. But lots to talk about today. Uh, also, by the way, a little aside here, I went and saw Creed Three, the new movie, the boxing movie, and I'm a sucker for the Rocky movies. Um, and I saw Creed One and Two recently with my wife. We watched them like on a streaming type thing. Went and saw Creed Three in the theater. Loved it. I loved all the Creed movies. I think Michael Fantastic and he directed this movie. Um, Sylvester Stallone was a producer, a credited producer. What Sylvester Stallone did, but um, he uh, did not have a like a role in the movie as far as acting goes and directing like that. But Michael B. Jordan directed it, and a couple of interesting things that he did um, as far as like some artistic things he did. But I thought overall it was a great movie, though I loved it. And um, I, I don't know what they'll do next, but this was a fantastic movie, Creed Three. I highly recommend it. I don't know how many sweat. Five stars, thumbs up. What do I do on that? I'm not sure. But nonetheless, go see Creed 3. It's going to be out streaming, I guess, in a week or two on pay-per-view kind of thing. If you want to do that, you order it that way. Do like Amazon Prime or something. One of those things. Nonetheless, good flick. All right, let's get into the NFL talk. And um, there's been a couple of bids submitted for the Washington Commanders, who are obviously a very embattled franchise with all the controversy with Daniel Snyder. And he is... I think said something along the lines of, you know, at $6 billion is what it will take or something. And there's been a couple of groups now that have put bids out there for $6 billion. Um, one of them is uh, a group that includes Magic Johnson. And it's like a fully financed, Adam Schefter says this, a fully financed bid of $6 billion for the team. And also a, a billionaire from Canada. I don't know if the name right. Steve Apostolopoulos. Apostolopoulos. Um, also a six. Um, $6 billion bid, according to Brian Windhorst. So um, the most NFL teams have been sold for is $4.65 billion, and that's the most recent one with the Broncos um, by uh, Rob Walton from Walmart, who purchased them um, just last year. So Washington, $6 billion right now, that is what's set. There's also another group considering it, the owner of the Houston Rockets as part of a group that might also submit a bid. But this has to happen. The Commanders franchise has to change hands. Daniel Snyder cannot be the owner of this team anymore based on all of the allegations, all of the investigations. And even if they all prove to be uh, completely like, if, if they end up, if nothing happens legally, just based on the fact that these things, there's evidence out there that shows that this guy's done some shady stuff and things about, you know, uh, painting the logo on a plane and charging it back to the advertising company and, and taking out a loan without telling the other minority owners about it. Things like all these different things that um, that have been done leads me to believe that it's got it's got to happen. 
the, the commanders and Daniel Snyder, they've got to sell. The NFL wants them to sell. It's been nothing but a black eye. You remember, Daniel Snyder's almost kind of throwing threats out there about that he's got knowledge of, you know, um, things about other owners he would bring out if he has forced to sell. But it's just Daniel Snyder needs to go. The NFL, all professional sports leagues, look, it's the safest investment right now. If you buy a, a major sports team, Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, uh, NFL, if you buy any of them, you are going to make your money back multiple times over when you resell. Steve Ballmer just bought the Clippers for, what, $2 billion a few years back, it seems like. And I bet he could make at least double that now if he sold the Clippers today. So, And that's the way it is now in sports. The, the, I don't know how, but somehow everything keeps increasing as far as value goes with the media rights deals. It's amazing. It's a great investment. And so the leagues need to be incredibly, incredibly uh, cautious and, in, and selective when they're bringing new owners into the fold just because it is a very safe investment and you don't want anybody to come in and do things like Daniel Snyder has done. You need to vet everyone out, vet all these people and get the get the ones that could be problems out of the process. All right. Other news. Now we'll go to the field for the commanders. And remember, they, they've uh, released Taylor Heineke, and they have said that Sam Howell, um, Ron Rivera said he's our, we expect him to be our QB1 going into camp. And then they went out and they signed um, Jacoby Brissett, who had a great season last year in the role he was expected to play for the Cleveland Browns, and said Brissett will also compete for that starting job. So Brissett's competing for the job that Howell has. But there's also talk that the, uh, the commanders could draft a quarterback in the first round now, or quarterback in the draft. Here's my thing. If if you're thinking about drafting a quarterback, then make a play for Lamar Jackson. If you're thinking about, because if you're thinking about drafting a quarterback, then you are not sold on Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett. So why not just go all in and go and get Lamar Jackson? You need to get a franchise quarterback. If it's Sam Howell, if you're convinced Sam Howell, fantastic. Then say he's our number one quarterback. Jacoby's going to come here and mentor him. We'll go from there. If you're not sure, that's okay too. Then go out and get Lamar, make an offer for Lamar Jackson and see what happens. If you look at all the highest rated quarterbacks last year in the NFL, you know, you don't see many. Now, granted, Brock Purdy's an exception. So is Kirk Cousins, who was drafted in like the third or fourth round by Washington way back when after that RG3. But by and large, these quarterbacks are guys, Jalen Hurts, early second round, but guys at the top of that are like Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen. Guys that were Aaron Rodgers, guys that were first round picks. So if you think a first round pick guy is going to be a franchise quarterback, then yes, go get him. If you're not sure, then go get a franchise quarterback. If you're not convinced Sam Howell's the guy, go and make an offer for Lamar Jackson. Nothing new on Lamar Jackson. He got upset about somebody questioning his um, durability. I know he's been hurt a couple times in the last two years. I get it. But still, if look at the NFL. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, in all likelihood, unless you do everything else perfectly, you won't compete for a Super Bowl. I know the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. Yes, win a Super Bowl. That's the ultimate goal. The more realistic goal is compete for a Super Bowl. Okay? One team wins a Super Bowl every year, but there are a handful of teams, uh, maybe a dozen teams every year, that can compete for a Super Bowl. And Like the 49ers, I know when you've got um, the defense they've got, and you've got Kyle Shanahan calling the plays, and all the other weapons around the genius of Kyle Shanahan, you can win with the 49ers if you are a 
average quarterback, let's just say, if you're Garoppolo, if you're Brock Purdy, you can have success. If you got McCaffrey, Deepfield, George Kittle there. Um, when you've got those options there, Brandon Ayuk, oh my God. So when you got those options there, you can, the, the Ravens used to do it with Flacco. The Ravens did it with Trent Dilfer. But if you can, everything's got to be right. You've got to have a franchise quarterback in there. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, you better get one. And that's what I'm saying about, like, with the commanders, if they're not convinced Sam Howell has that ceiling, or if they're just, or unless they're convinced their defense and other things around him and, and Riverboat Ron Rivera, if they can put it all together, then fine. But if you're not convinced that can happen, go get, go make a play for Lamar Jackson. Nothing new with him again on the signing front. Uh, and uh, there's still teams that are, I think, interested in him, interested in him, but not sure exactly how to construct an offer. The Packers, um, their general manager, uh, Gutkus said that um, he reached out to Aaron Rodgers multiple times in the offseason and Rodgers never responded. So that that bridge is burned. That bridge is blown up. There's no way that um, that Rodgers takes another snap of the pack. The deal with the Jets will get done. There's been some talk about what's been the holdup on that deal. And it's been, um, you know, the I, I think the Jets, the Jets right now, I, I don't think the first round pick's going to happen. I think it's going to be a second round pick this year for sure. And then a conditional second round pick next year. But the Jets want some concerns if Rodgers decides to hang it up after one year. Uh, and the Jets don't want to give up two picks for a player who's going to play one year for them. I totally get it. So insulate everybody on this and just get the damn deal done. But it's got to happen. It seems like it will have to happen. That's what's holding it up right now. Um, the Atlanta Falcons made a surprise deal. They signed uh, Calais Campbell, the defensive end, to a one-year deal who played in Baltimore the last few seasons. And Campbell's great. Don't get me wrong. I think Campbell's a fantastic player, but he's 36 years old. So in this, uh, what, this could be his 17th season, I believe, or 16th season coming up. And he had five and a half sacks last year. Again, fantastic player. We look at the make of the Falcons, though. I, I guess they're planning on being a leader for this team because this team's not. This team can compete in their division, I suppose, but they are not a Super Bowl competitor, especially coming on the heels um, of what uh, Arthur Blank, the owner, said that they like Desmond as their starting quarterback for this upcoming season. They're okay with it. They're not going to pursue a quarterback. Maybe that's true. Again, the Falcons, another team I said, should probably make a play for Lamar Jackson. So um, it, it, it's a surprising move to me. It's a one-year deal. It's not like it's somebody, you know, in baseball, you can sign players to one-year deals knowing like the Reds did this year with Will Myers. And I'm going off topic a little bit here, but like teams like the Reds or the Pirates or the, uh, what's another team like this, the A's, they will sometimes sign veterans to one-year deals knowing they can move them at the trade deadline. NFL, it's a lot different if you're a 36-year-old defensive end. So he is the oldest active defensive lineman. I'm sorry, not defensive lineman, in the NFL. And it's like they're going to be able to turn him for something more at the trade deadline, I wouldn't think. That's a long shot to think they could do something like that. So um, interesting signing. Didn't see it coming. The Falcons made a lot of other moves on both sides of the ball. And Jesse Bates, the guy that got the Bengals, and they've got Tyler Algier coming back, the uh, um, the running back who had a great finish last year. Um, you know, you've still got Kyle Pitts in there for them. Um, so there's a lot of weapons on there. The kids from USC whose name's escaping me, but you've still got all these weapons on that team. It's just, it seemed a little odd to me that they would uh, make a play for a, um, a 36-year-old defensive lineman 
entering his 16th season. Still got talent. His five and a half sacks last year would have been great on his Falcons team, but um, we'll see what happens with that. But again, a big signing for the Falcons. A little bit unexpected by me that they were able to, they did pull that one off and get him in there. All right, coming up next, I love, love talking about uh, sports media and two of the most prominent members had an interesting back and forth. I'll give you my take next. This is the Jeff Fidoff Show, Fan Stream Sports, followed by DSP, or powered by DSPmediaonline.com. Hello, sports fans. Fan Stream Sports. Jeeves Law Group. I've known Scott Jeeves for quite some time, and he's just like us, a huge college football fan, but he's not just another PI attorney. He is a ferocious advocate for his clients. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in Tampa Bay for over 30 years. He is an AV preeminent rated civil trial lawyer and certified circuit court mediator. Folks, these designations are not just given out. They're given only to the best trial attorneys. But more than anything, Scott takes these cases personally. I've heard it from his clients. He's a fighter you want on your side. Insurance companies hate it when they see you're represented by Jeeves. He's just different. 727-894-2929 or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. That's J-E-E-V-E-S LawGroup.com and tell them JP sent you. Guys, let me tell you about Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Are you experiencing low sex drive? fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, and you just don't feel like you have the vitality you once had, you're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. Do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Call 844 977 3477 or go to bammc.com. Now is the time to make sure your home insurance is in order. In the last year, many of us have made improvements to our homes. So call the folks at Italiano and discuss these upgrades to make sure you have enough coverage. According to a recent report, almost 64% of homeowners don't have enough insurance on their home, which is their most valuable asset. Also, a great time to make sure you have flood insurance. Even if your mortgage company does not require flood insurance, your home could still be at flood risk. Another big item as we enter hurricane season is making sure your pool enclosure is added to your policy and there will be no issue at claim time. That happens a lot. So call your friendly agent at Italiano Insurance to review your policies today. 813-877-7799 or italianoinsurance.com. Attention, if you are home shopping or looking for a refinance, and even if you already have the approval letter, you must call my man Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services. Scott has a brand new program available in the greater Tampa Bay area called the Community Advantage Loan Program. Get this, no money down, no mortgage insurance, no points, no origination fee, purchase or refinance 
and loan amounts up to $647,000. Now, there are some application requirements. It must be a single-family home, one unit, primary residence, and have a minimum 640 credit score. The program only applies to certain neighborhoods, so you have to call to find out if you qualify. So call Scott Fitzgerald at 813-294-7595 or email him at scott at amstampa.com. Now, even if you don't qualify for that program, Scott will shop your loan around, get you the best rates, and won't charge you the huge upfront fees. And if you've had issues with your bank calling you back, Scott will return calls immediately or at least the same day. 813-294-7595 or email him, scott at amstampa.com. Scott Fitzgerald, MLS 386-722, American Mortgage Services, 1000 North Ashley Drive, Suite 1020 Temple. Coming back at you. Now, more fans stream sports. All right, we're back. It's the Jeff Fitoff Show right here. I'm Tito Jeff Fitoff at Fit Happens on Twitter. Um, thanks for tuning in. This is uh, from FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media Online. And look, one of the things I love, and I, not everyone loves doing this, but I love talking about the sports media, the impact media has on sports, and how we consume sports. And, um, you know, Stephen A. Smith, he is an acquired taste, no doubt about it. Stephen A. Smith on ESPN used to do first take with Bayless, then with Max Kellerman. Now, a lot of times he's on with. Um, uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo, a variety of guests, though. You know, th- he's done a radio show also. And Stephen A. Smith is outspoken. He's opinionated. He's also a damn good reporter and a damn good journalist. And he's got a, a long career of reporting. And he does a great job with that. Sometimes he is over the top. I will admit that. But I have a lot of respect for media members on the in the electronic media world, specifically TV but a radio that that started and earned their chops kind of as a reporter, broke stories, developed relationships, covered teams, covered players, wrote books, whatever it is. I have a lot of respect for those people and those people. There we go. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, though, and Dan Levitard had a debate the other day. And Dan Levitard, who I also love, longtime Miami Herald. I used to love watching ESPN when he was on there. Now he's got his own media gig, which is also very successful. Love his show as well. Levitard said to Skip, uh, I'm sorry, to Stephen A. Smith, he basically said that uh, Stephen A. and um, Skip Bayless kind of ruined sports media. Well, the way that their debate, their topics, the way they do the arguments, the way they, it like, Levitard was being very critical of what Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless did, the argument, the hot takes, the loud yelling kind of thing. But Stephen A. brushed back. Look, these guys are friends. They've been friends for a long time. I loved the, go back and look at it. I love the intelligent conversation between the two. They disagreed on certain things. And look, sports debate, it's gone. It, it, it didn't start with Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. They may have taken it up a notch, but before that, it was, you know, Mike Francesa, Mike and the Mad Dog did it for a long time. And then all these other people were spawned off of it, all these other imitators, all these other people who just would get together, two people, argue about something, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, and would yell until somebody gave up. Stephen A. and Skip didn't do that. I think Skip Bayless, I I hate Skip Bayless, but I think that he and Stephen A., their chemistry was great, but it's just like PTI on steroids, and I love PTI. I don't miss PTI with Kornheiser and Wilbon. Like, I watch Kornheiser and Wilbon religiously. I DVR it, I watch it on streaming, whatever. I never miss an episode of PTI. Ever. I love it. 
And Stephen A. and Skip Bayless kind of came from that. So my problem, Levitar was saying was that the only other people that imitate what Stephen A. and Skip did, and that's kind of been some of the downfalls, I guess, of the way sports media, sports debates happen. But I'm okay with intelligent. And look, I hate Skip Bayless. I will tell you this. I hate Skip Bayless. But I respect what he did as a reporter working for the Dallas Morning News. And he did a lot of things, breaking stories for um, on the SNU scandal. He did so many things with that. And I, the Dallas Cowboys. So he's got my respect. I don't like him as a, I think he says some ridiculous things sometimes. A lot of things I don't like that he says on his debates that he has now with Shannon Sharp. But you can't argue with the fact that it is successful. And I'm good with great sports debates. I'm fine with the over-the-top kind of antics if you're passionate about what you believe and if you've got the, the background that warrants the respect of it. So and Stephen A., I, I think Stephen A. got that. You might not, might not like the way Stephen A. delivers it. You might think Stephen A. is over-the-top, and that's okay. But I think Stephen A. Smith does a great job. I respect his Levitard, these guys. All these guys have started out in the print world covering teams. I love what they do. Uh, but in sports debate, it didn't start with Stephen A. Actually, it started at a bar somewhere years ago. That's when sports debate started. It's just now we've got, I think, in, in a lot of cases, intelligent people debating topics about sports. Sometimes they're very sensitive po- topics. I still think Tony and Mike uh, Kornheiser Wilbon on PTI are the best. I do like Around the Horn. I do like Stephen A. Smith. I love Dan Levitard, all those things. So um, I, I feel like Levitard was a little bit harsh. Maybe I think they both were kind of saying, I think they both could be right. I think that Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless may have spawned a lot of imitators that are bad for the business. But I don't think it's Stephen A.'s fault and Skip Bayless's fault that a lot of imitators came out from that, if that makes sense. So um, there's still very good ones out there. There's some that are not so good. But it did start with, like, you know, like I said, it's been going on for years. It's just now it's finally more mainstream. Roger Goodell, by the way, um, he won, He came out and said he wants to start flexing Thursday night football games um, on Amazon, who they've got the $1.1 whatever, billion dollar deal with the NFL does to make sure they get better matchups. Because let's be honest, there were a lot of dogs on Thursday night football this past year. He wanted to be able to flex um, games in you know, later on in the season, flex games in December to Thursday nights, and owners pushed back on that. They tabled the vote for it. So you know, now remember this year, let's go to a little backtrack here. We know Sunday night football, you can flex games there. Sunday Night Football has been an incredible product. Ratings have been off the charts. It really is um, has replaced Monday Night Football's kind of the signature evening in football. Sunday Night Football is the best, followed by Monday and then Thursday. That's the way it ranks right now. But Sunday Night Football benefits from those flex games. This year, games in December can be flexed on Monday night. That'll be interesting how that plays out. And I love that idea. And on Thursday night now, the, the concession, the change that has been made is, is that this year, in years past, Teams were only required to play one game on a short week, meaning a Thursday game after a Sunday game. And now it's changed to where you could have to play two games on a short week. Now, there's been times where, like, the Cowboys, because of their Thanksgiving game, Thanksgiving doesn't count as a short week, uh, which – so there's been times the Cowboys have had to do it, even though it's not in the rules kind of thing. But this year, though, will start out where you could play twice on a short week. Players are pushing back on it. Owners are pushing back on it. Goodell wants to push it through. 
Now, the thing is, we see that Sunday night flex flex scheduling worked wonderfully. Money is going to work. I am all in on flex scheduling. Now, I say this knowing I'm not a season ticket holder at NFL games. And maybe if I were, I'd be pissed off if I planned my whole season around or my whole one time going to a game for the Steelers this year on a Sunday. And then they spring it on me and say, oh, by the way, this game's on a Thursday now. That might piss me off. You might piss off a thousand fans doing that. 2,000, 3,000, whatever. But you're going to have such higher viewership that's going to lead to bigger TV and media contracts down the road. You've got to look big picture. The experience of being in a football game, any sporting event, is not as important, as exclusive as it used to be. Now, depending on your age, growing up for me, when I was a college football fan growing up, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, Ohio State, college football teams were relegated to being on national TV twice a year. Third time could be a bowl game. That's it. That's all you got to see your team. ESPN wasn't televising a bunch of games back then. There was, like, if you wanted to watch your team on TV, there were limited numbers of times you could do it. So going to the game was special, more special than it is now. But now with the way that the game is presented to you, and I'm 51 going on 52. How old you are will probably defend how you respond or how you feel about this as well. Most of the time, I'd rather be home watching the game. And it's all because I am minimizing my risk. Let me explain that to you. If you are gonna, if you are committed, let's let's get a game out of the way here. Let's see. If you are committed to going to a um, a Falcons game at the Bears in November, you've got tickets to that game. You're going. Now, if you go to that game, you've got a couple of things to worry about. One, both teams could suck. There could be injuries that make it a lot less attractive game. Two, it could be cold, rainy at Soldier Field. Whatever. There could be a variety of reasons why. It would be a, a, a crappy experience there. And I'm if you're a Home. If the game sucks, you can change it to another game. No weather problems. Cheaper liquor, cheaper alcohol, cheaper food, shorter line at the restroom. So, and I know that might make me sound old saying that, but that's how I kind of, if it's a really special thing, like I want to take my son who's six years old. He wants to go to Ohio State game. I want him to go see Ohio State, all the pageantry, the band, all those things. Yes, I'll take him to a crappy Youngstown State game in September this year to get him that experience. But by and large, I think I'd rather be in front of my TV at home where I have the option of if Ohio State's ahead 56 to nothing in the third quarter, I can change it to another game. I can watch multiple games. And again, it's a cheaper, I don't know about parking and walking a long ways and all those things. And yes, I know it's an age thing. Maybe in your 20s, you feel differently. Maybe in your 30s, you feel differently. But I think that the NFL, sports in general, like I shouldn't say sports in general because I think it's different for other sports. Let's say NFL, they have to worry about the home consumer more than the in-person consumer. Think about how much of a benefit you get when you're watching these games and um, at home. You get the instant replays, multiple multiple camera angles, you know, audio, great video, slow motion, all these different things that you get as the home viewer. And that's where the NFL, I don't want to say they aired, but they certainly made it made it more attractive to be at home than to be sitting in the stadium a lot of the times. It's just the way it is. I think that sports now, the NFL, college football is a great once a year experience. 
But by and large, I, I don't think you need to have people out there. I don't think you have to worry about the people that are out there every week. Because even if the game's on a Thursday, if they want to go, they're going to go. Worry about the raise you're going to get from Amazon because Amazon paid $1.1 billion, got crappy ratings last year. Think what happens now if they raise them up exponentially, what it'll be like next year and next year and next year. And then the new contract comes up at some point and you're renegotiating based on these tremendous ratings numbers that you grew from year one. Um, so I, I think that's that's the way I would lean. If I'm the NFL, I'd be looking more towards that. So I look, I would much rather, even the Thanksgiving game, I know you, you're locked into Lions and Cowboys Thanksgiving. I would wait and announce that third game on October 1st. See who's good. Don't announce it early. Just wait and see who's good after the first month of the season and say, okay, these two teams are playing in prime time on Thanksgiving. Do that. Make that a flex game also. It's a huge event. Knock it out. Get it done. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk baseball. we got some NBA talking into. This is uh, the Jeff Thidoff Show. I am Tito Jeff Thidoff. Fan Street Sports followed by, or I'm sorry, powered by DSPmediaonline.com. All right, I'm Jeff Thidoff. We're back. It's the Jeff Thidoff Show. I'm Tito. At Fit Happens on Twitter. Fanstream Sports, powered by dspmediaonline.com. Thanks for spending time with me. Um, I want to talk about baseball now. And I am an old soul when it comes to baseball. I am not a, a huge current baseball follower. I fan, I guess. I, I do follow it, but not like I did when I was much younger and when I collected baseball cards and when I... I listened to Marty Joe announce Reds games, Marty Brennan, Joe Nuxall on 7.0 WLW and watch games more religiously because now every game's on. It used to be, again, God, I sound old when I'm doing this podcast. Um, but games were scarcer back then for me other than the Cubs on WGN and the Braves on WTBS. So the Superstations had those games I could pick up on my cable, but not so much. But now you can watch any game you want to anytime. I guess Bally's contract and uh, uh, Bally's uh, bankruptcy notwithstanding. But uh, baseball starts on Thursday. And every year I go into it optimistic about, I don't want to say about the Reds, because I'm really optimistic about the Reds. I'm optimistic about my passion for baseball. Like, I hope I get it back someday. But really, I'd rather watch old baseball games, listen to old baseball games, read old baseball books um, about old baseball players. And that's really more where I'm at. Nonetheless, spring training games this year, because of the pitch clock, the new rule, 26 minutes shorter so far. I love that. That's a big part of baseball. The problem I have with it was that games take too long. Now, people even older than me, yes, they do exist. People even older than me are like, no, go to hell. I like the long games. I like the fact that there's um, you could have a four-hour game. Just play the game, play the game, play the game. Not me. I'm fine with 26 minutes shorter. I hope it goes to half an hour shorter by the time the season gets rolling. That makes me more likely to invest time in baseball game. Uh, so spring training games. 26 minutes shorter. 
It all starts up on Thursday. There are a lot of things uh, is what the Cleveland Guardians are doing. And this is a genius move by them. And I, if I live closer to a ballpark, I'm about I don't know hour and forty minutes from Cincinnati. I'm about two and a half hours from Cleveland. If I was about half that distance, I might. But the Guardians are doing something where if you pay forty nine dollars a month, you can get Standing room access, standing room ticket, every game, every home game, the entire season. 49 bucks a month, you can do that. Now, it doesn't include any playoff games, but it did include opening day. Uh, you had to, you could opt out at any time if you want to after a certain amount of time, and you could not have to pay anymore. But 49 bucks a month gets you to every game. And I love the idea because I don't think, I don't think many of us have the time or desire to go watch 81 baseball games in a season. 81 full baseball games to finish i am much more likely to go to a game uh grab a beer get a dog maybe place a couple of bets watch five six innings if not much is going on i might go home you know and i might do that 30 times during the season if i bought tickets to a game where i'm gonna pay probably 50 or 60 bucks a ticket i'm gonna feel compelled to stay there for the entire game i am more likely to leave staying only tickets 30 times than going to two full baseball games and staying there till the end, if that makes sense. So I like, I think it's smart what the Guardians did. They've got to appeal to the casual fan, appeal to the, the fan who's not going to go to, he might be buying tickets right there. By doing that, you're going to, you're committing yourself to 81 games option. And I'm more likely to go to 30 games in that regard than I am going to. I do the same thing with hockey, too. If the Blue Jackets here in Columbus offered something like that, a package like that, I would jump all over it. And I would go. Sometimes I'd stay for three periods. Sometimes I'd go, say hi to some friends I see, watch a couple periods of hockey, and come home after that. I'd feel much better about the experience, about the value I got from that experience than sitting in a club seat for, you know, uh, 41 games in the Jackets case. And having to pay that much. So um, talk to the NBA now. Let's go into that. Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, uh, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, and Becky Hammond. God, it's a Spurs kind of thing because Gasol is with the Spurs for a while. Parker, his career with the Spurs. Popovich coached the Spurs. Hammond, assistant with the Spurs. They are all headed to the 2024, 2023 class of the Hall of Fame in basketball. Um, Well-deserved for all of those folks. Uh, Becky Hammond did a lot of great things for women's basketball and also just advancing as a, an assistant in the NBA world, which is great. Uh, Tony Parker comes over from France. Pau Gasol also comes over. I think, is he Argentina? Uh, he might be Spain. Pau Gasol, Spain, I think. Anyway, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, another uh, foreign player who came in and did wonderful things for a long time in the NBA, really transformed his game as he got older um, and also won an NBA championship. And then Dwayne Wade, what he did, uh, primarily, I know he bounced around. He played for the Bulls after that or whatever. But Dwayne had a very successful career, multiple-time All-Star uh, won a three championships as well, all getting into the Hall of Fame. My unpopular take on Greg Popovich has been that I thought that, and I, as I as I stand on this hill now, dying on this hill, I guess is probably what it is. It's um, it is a less valid argument ev- with every passing day. I don't know if you know this or not. Greg Popovich used to be the GM of the Spurs, and uh, they had David Robinson there, and Bob Hill was the the head coach for the Spurs. Um, when David Robinson hurt and went out for the year. So Robinson gets hurt, goes out for the year. Um, the, the Spurs have the worst record in basketball and win the lottery. 
much to my chagrin because I was a Patino and Celtics guy. I thought they would win the lottery nonetheless. Spurs win the lottery. They get Tim Duncan. Shortly thereafter, Bob Hill gets fired. Popovich comes down from front office takeover. Why wouldn't you? have got Tim Duncan and David Robinson as the um, as your twin towers guys down low, two of the greatest players of all time in the NBA. And Greg Popovich decides, you know what? I think I want to coach this team. Multiple championships, a lot of success. I've always been resentful of Popovich because I thought that he should have given Bob Hill time to work with them. He came down, um, you know, and, and took over on that and walked into a great situation, a, a better situation almost any coach not named Phil Jackson as far as walking into it and leads into multiple championships. And because when you've got Robinson and Duncan, you got more people, veterans want to come and play in these rings. They did a great, they did a fantastic job of drafting foreign-born players uh, using late first round. I know Ginobili's another one. Like, like, using first and second. And Popovich for that. I still contend, and you can't argue with me on this because we don't know if it happened. I still think Bob Hill would have been a damn good coach for the Spurs if you have Duncan and Robinson. Uh, Kevin Durant has been out with a sprained left ankle. I think he's missed 13 games, and he's supposed to come back tonight, Wednesday nights when I'm recording this, by the way, Wednesday against the Timberwolves. Um, he got hurt back on March 8th. He's only played three games with the Phoenix Suns. Now, they won all three. Uh, and uh, this thing almost rebounds 5.2 assists. The, the Suns went 8-5 and five in his absence. The, the Suns, look, if they're healthy, if they're all healthy, and that includes Chris Paul, the aging Chris Paul, Devontae Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant. If that core four is healthy, they can beat anybody in the NBA in a seven-game series. So if those four can stay healthy, I don't think they need a lot of time to mesh together. I think they're fine. But if those four can stay healthy, they're going to be a damn tough out come playoff time. Uh, we'll see how he performs, how healthy he is. Durant's biggest issue has not been his, his, um, his ability. It's been his availability. And so if he's available through the end of it, we'll see what happens on that. But I love the th- I love I'm excited about watching this team play. Let's put it that way. I'm excited about see what the Suns can do. His former team, the Brooklyn Nets, um, for Kevin Durant. They've shut down Ben Simmons for the season. Ben Simmons is a waste. Look, he signed that five-year contract for $177 million. I cannot believe he's making on average more than $35 million a year. Out of a possible 368 regular season games over the last four seasons. He's played 157. His points, rebounds, assists, free throw percentage, all of those, those per game averages, there's average free throw percentage, but his points, rebounds, assists per game average have gone down uh, each since it went down four years to three. And he was off the one year because he's out all the year. Um, and then this past year when he's playing, but nonetheless, his numbers have gone down all four years for the last four years. All those key numbers have gone down. I'm shocked. Um, He's the only person who I think has been a bigger waste of money than Kyrie Irving has in the NBA. And uh, Ben Simmons is not going to be better. He's going to collect this money. And I, I, I can't believe that another team would be foolish enough to give him a big contract or a contract of any kind of substance after this one's up, but we'll see. Uh, one other note from the NBA, uh, Bradley Beal for the Washington Wizards, he got an altercation with a fan that uh, now uh, the Orlando police are involved. Washington lost a game 121 to 112 in Orlando. Uh, I think it was last week. And when Beal was coming off the court, there was a fan who yelled at him, uh, some of the effect of uh, he cursed at him and said that he cost me, cost you cost me like 12 or 13 dollars. It was he cost me 
think it was $1,300 um, with your play. Obviously, in saying that, you know, it cost him for, for a bet that he had made. Somehow he had lost money on a bet he made for Beal and or the Wizards. And Beal reached over, allegedly again, and knocked the guy's hat off, made contact with the guy's head. Orlando police are investigating. We're going to see more and more of this stuff when it comes to, because of sports gambling being so much more widespread now in the United States. So I repeat, there's so many more options now in Ohio where I'm at right now, obviously um, uh, betting uh, sports betting has become, it's now legal here in Ohio. So more and more people are doing it. You're going to see more and more incidents like that. People like Bradley Beal have to understand they've got to keep their cool. And maybe it's more security uh, along the pathways, but no matter what, the players, the fans are going to be idiots. Sometimes they're, they're drunk. The players shouldn't be drunk. The play, the fans are going to be drunk and inebriated and, and, and hyped up for whatever reason, and they're going to say things. Bradley Beal probably $1,300 a minute in this game, so he shouldn't care. He should care about the way he plays. He shouldn't care that a fan says this to him. He should be able to walk past it. Uh, that That's the problem I've got with it. I want NBA players, professional sports, all players, If unless it is something like really threatening, Really, truly threatening. Just blinders. Go. Go back to the locker room. Go back to your multi-million dollar life. Move on. Don't respond. Um, but Orlando police still looking into that. All right, coming up next, uh, we've got the, obviously, the, the final fours are set, both the men's and the women's games. Uh, which one are you more excited to watch? I may surprise you with my answer. That next, this is the off show right here. Fans Free Sports on DSPMediaOnline.com. Hello, sports fans. Fan stream sports. Jeeves Law Group. I've known Scott Jeeves for quite some time, and he's just like us, a huge college football fan. But he's not just another PI attorney. He is a ferocious advocate for his clients. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in Tampa Bay for over 30 years. He is an AV preeminent rated civil trial lawyer and certified circuit court mediator. Folks, these designations are not just given out. They're given only to the best trial attorneys. But more than anything, Scott takes these cases personally. I've heard it from his clients. He's a fighter you want on your side. Insurance companies hate it when they see you're represented by Jeeves. He's just different. 727-894-2929 or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. That's J-E-E-V-E-S LawGroup.com and tell them JP sent you. Guys, let me tell you about Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Are you experiencing low sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, and you just don't feel like you have the vitality you once had? You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. Do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional civility. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Call 844 977 3477 or go to 
B-A-M-M-C.com. Now is the time to make sure your home insurance is in order. In the last year, many of us have made improvements to our homes. So call the folks at Italiano and discuss these upgrades to make sure you have enough coverage. According to a recent report, almost 64% of homeowners don't have enough insurance on their home, which is their most valuable asset. Also, a great time to make sure you have flood insurance. Even if your mortgage company does not require flood insurance, your home could still be at flood risk. Another big item as we enter hurricane season is making sure your pool enclosure is added to your policy and there will be no issue at claim time. That happens a lot. So call your friendly agent at Italiano Insurance to review your policies today. 813-877-7799 or italianoinsurance.com. Attention, if you are home shopping or looking for a refinance, and even if you already have the approval letter, you must call my man Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services. Scott has a brand new program available in the greater Tampa Bay area called the Community Advantage Loan Program. Get this, no money down, no mortgage insurance, no points, no origination fee, purchase or refinance, and loan amounts up to $647,000. Now, there are some application requirements. It must be a single-family home, one unit, primary residence, and have a minimum 640 credit score. The program only applies to certain neighborhoods, so you have to call to find out if you qualify. So call Scott Fitzgerald at 813-294-7595 or email him at scott at amstampa.com. Now, even if you don't qualify for that program, Scott will shop your loan around, get you the best rates, and won't charge you the huge upfront fees. And if you've had issues with your bank calling you back, Scott will return calls immediately or at least the same day. 813-294-7595 or email him, scott at amstampa.com. Scott Fitzgerald, MLS 386-722, American Mortgage Services, 1000 North Ashland Drive, Suite 1020 Tampa, Florida. Coming back at you. Now, more fans dream sports. All right, Jeff Fidoff here, final segment of the Jeff Fidoff Show. Thanks for spending time here. Follow me on Twitter, at Fit Happens. Oh, wait, here we go. Wait, whoop. There it is. Get the opposite camera thing. That's what screwed me up. At Fit Happens right there. Uh, Fanstream Sports at DSPMediaOnline.com. The men's and women's final four are now set. Last time I talked to you, the men's were set. Women's, we were still waiting on a couple of games. On the men's side, you got Florida Atlantic, San Diego State. Um, and the UConn on the women's side, you've got Iowa with Caitlin Clark. Oh, my God, Caitlin Clark. And South Carolina. Virginia Tech, I'm sorry, South Carolina, um, and Iowa, yes, Virginia Tech and LSU. Those are the games going on. And I'll be honest, I'm almost more excited to watch the women's games this year. It's close. And I've never had that vibe before when it didn't involve an Ohio State team. Now, granted, Ohio State hasn't been to the Final Four since 93. Iowa's first trip since 93 now. But um, the it's because of the blue blood type of thing. It's because you've got favorites in this thing. With the men's side, you've got a four, two fives, and a nine seed. On the women's side, it's so much. You've got South Carolina, who is the overall favorite in this. You've got Virginia Tech, a one seed in this. You've got Iowa and LSU, both very formidable opponents in this thing. There's more firepower um, in this. Caitlin Clark, so much fun to watch. South Carolina's overall talent, top to bottom. Uh, so the, I think that the men's tournament ratings will suffer. I think the women will do well. Look, the women's NCAA tournament, their regionals that went on. And remember, this year they did only did two regionals versus the four the men's do. They did two. But they had like Seattle one and two and Greenville one and two, whatever it was, however they did those regions. But nonetheless, the regional set attendance record for the women's side. They had 82,000. 
275 fans uh, for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games. And the previous record was 73,954. So that's a huge jump, almost a 10,000 fan jump right there. Last year's regionals only drew a little over 62,000 fans. And on TV also, the Ohio State women's game against UConn, the Sweet 16 game, was the most watched, most watched women's game on ESPN or ABC ever, as far as women's games go. And then Iowa South Carolina, the Iowa game after that against Louisville, uh, the next day surpassed even that. They had 2.5 million viewers on ESPN. OSU UConn had 2.4. So um, I think women's basketball is going to have great ratings again. Friday, Sunday are their games. Saturday, Monday for the men's side. And like I said, I think I'm going to pay more attention to the uh, to the women's games this year than the men's games, which is something I wouldn't have said um, in many years prior in my life. Okay. I want to do something new on the show here to close things out. Ooh, sorry about that. Um, the uh, kind of a this day in history, this uh, birthdays, and we're going to cover a couple of days. We're going to cover March 28th and March 29th. March 28th, 19th, in men's basketball in the championship game, 67 to 59. First title for Al McGuire. Uh, he retired. Uh, Al McGuire's one title with Marquette and then called games for years on NBC. Did a great job there. But um, you go back and watch the emotion of Al McGuire. I think I said Mark. It's Al McGuire. Al McGuire, anyway. Watch over him when he won that championship. Again, it's his last season, 67-59, defeated North Carolina. In 1982, on March 28th, the first ever women's NCAA basketball championship took place. They used to have, um, you know, like other, they weren't titled NCAA championships like NA something, but nonetheless, Louisiana Tech um, won 76-62 to win the first ever women's NCAA championship uh, that was ever played. March 28, 1983, at the TPC out at Sawgrass, Hal Sutton was down by four shots, Shot a 69 to win by one stroke over Bob Eastwood. TPC obviously gets more famous all the time, the 17th Island Hole, and it's the unofficial fifth major. I still think Memorial Jacks tournament is really the fifth major, but nonetheless, it's the unofficial fifth major. Uh, back on Marlon, with him later on. Also, he scored 69 points in a game. Uh, it was the fourth time he scored 60 in a game. March 28, 1999, at the uh, TPC at Sawgrass, David Duvall won by two strokes over Scott Gump. And what was ironic about what's – I'm sorry, not ironic. What's interesting about that fact, not that Duvall won. Duvall was a great player for a few years in there. People thought he would challenge Tiger, much like they thought, you know, all these other people would challenge Tiger that never did. Duvall's father was playing in the senior tour event, the Emerald Coast Classic, that same day, and he won as well. So father and son won on the same day. Uh, birthdays for March 28th, Jerry Sloan, longtime Utah Jazz basketball coach in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he coached them from 1988 to 2011. Not many people know this. Uh, he, by the way, he was a coach during their finals runs when they lost in back-to-back years to, the, to Jordan's Bulls. But um, he also played in the NBA and uh, was a two-time All-Star. So he was born on this day. I'm sorry, March 28th, 1942. He died in 2020. Rick Barry. You might not know who Rick Barry is, but you might know Rick Barry is. The, you know he's the guy who shot the underhanded free throws. Is the way he did it. He played um, for the Nets. He played for the Golden State Warriors. He was born in 1944. He is 79 years old as of March 28th. Move over to March 29th. Now we'll go on this date in history, March 29th. Boston Bruins won their first ever championship in the NHL. Um, they beat the Rangers two to one, and it was for a. 2-0 sweep. It was a best of three thing. 
They won that game 2-1. They get the 2-0 sweep. In 1941, um, the, the only the third NCAA men's basketball championship, Wisconsin beat Washington State 39-34. to How boring would that have been to watch that game? Something else that happened in 1948, and this will never happen again, ever. 1948, Yankees played a 17-inning spring training game tied 2-2. No one ever does anymore. They shut it down most times after nine um, in spring training games, if they even get to that point. I told you I'd mentioned Michael Jordan. In 1982, on March 29th, the 44th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, Jordan hits the shot. The freshman, he called Mike Jordan at the time, um, hit a shot to beat Georgetown 63-62. to Remember, after Jordan hits the shot, Georgetown brings it down. Fred Brown throws a pass directly to North Carolina's James Worthy. Um, Worthy ends up, by the way, being named the tournament's outstanding player. In 1984, the more Colts moved to Indianapolis on March 29th, which is – like the way they did it, they went about it by like they've got these moving trucks that pull up and the Ursay family, Ursay loads them up. They move to Indianapolis in the middle of the night, uh, leaving the uh, Baltimore area to go to Indianapolis. 1985, Wayne Gretzky. Don't look, you can tell me you like Lemieux or Ovechkin or whatever. Go back further if you want to talk about guys like Hull and Orr or whatever, how no one was ever or ever will be better than Gretzky. He broke his own NHL record with his 126 assists on March 29, 1985. 1989, speaking of hockey, the first Soviet players are permitted to play for the NHL. No Soviet players were allowed to play in the NHL before 1989. Think how many great Soviet players, how many great players from Russia now have come over and played in the United States. Or, I'm sorry, played in the NHL. Oh, just got the United States. Played and affected hockey. Um, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing that – that the NHL is such a global game, probably more so more so than any sport, more so obviously than football. I'm trying to think now. More so than basketball? Yeah. More so than baseball? Maybe. Maybe. Um, 1994, Jimmy Johnson quit um, as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. They won a couple of Super Bowls. He and Jerry Jones butted heads. Um, and then Jones and he, they, they, they part ways. Jones brings in Barry Switzer. Switzer wins with Jimmy Johnson's guys. If those guys hadn't had such ego issues, the Cowboys would have won another two Super Bowls. I know they won one under Switzer. Those were with Jimmy Johnson's guys. But they they would have won, I think, more if they were able to keep their ego check. Johnson and Jones, remember, and Johnson went on later on to coach uh, the Dolphins. So he replaced, not only did he replace um, Tom Landry, he shoot so. Uh, the Cleveland Browns in 1996, they had decided to move to Baltimore. They changed their name to the Baltimore Ravens. It was in 1996 on March 29th when they announced that. Birthdays on March 29th. Uh, another record that will be broken. Never be broken. Cy Young, he was born in 1867, died in 1955. He was born in Ohio. Um, he had 511 wins and obviously the namesake of the, uh, the award given to baseball's top pitchers in each league. Benny McLean. He's still alive, I believe. He was born in 1944. Another record that will be broken. He won 31 games back in 1968. 1968 was the year of the pitcher when uh, they raised the mound. And uh, Bob Gibson had a 1.112 ERA. Pitchers were just dominating major league once before they decided to um, move the, lower the mound back to where it was. But in that year, Denny McLean won 31 games. He later served time in prison. 
but he will never no, – no one ever going 30 games in a Major League Baseball season again as long as they keep the same rules in place uh, for earning a win. Also born uh, March 29, 1955, Earl Campbell, the most dominant running back I've ever seen. And he had a short shelf life because of how much they ran him into the ground. But if you want to go back, look on YouTube, find the Earl Campbell, Miami Dolphins, Houston Oilers Monday night game. And the uh, the intensity in that game, the way the crowd was into it, it was a college game atmosphere. And Earl Campbell ran all over the Dolphins. And he was just, he was a brutal, brutal running back. Short career again because of how much he got beat up. But he really was the most dominant running back I've ever seen. Another birth, 1962, Billy Bean was born. You remember him. He was the character Brad Pitt played um, in Moneyball, who helped construct the team in Oakland. And uh, But Billy Bean, though, 1962, he was born. One more birthday that makes me feel incredibly old, Jennifer Capriati. I remember when she came up and was this, uh, you know, 13, 14-year-old phenom and all this, was going to set the tennis world on fire, had her moments. She's 47 today. She was born in 1976. All right, that's it for this show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jeff Fitoff. Follow me on Twitter, at FitHappens. Wait, there it is. Um, Fanstream Sports, DSPMediaOnline.com. Look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great day.